You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It's hour two of Sportsnet Today, live here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Logan Gordon along with you in a very chilly Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. For our friends at Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, cracked foundation, Boeing foundation walls, we have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They are all things basementy. Visit them at dlbasementsystems.com. Hour one in the books. Did our mid-season positives and negatives for the Calgary Flames following their 6-3 win over the Ottawa Senators Tuesday night at the Scotiabank Saddledome in game 41 of their season. Also, the return of Wild Card Wednesday here on Sportsnet today. All of that in hour one. If you missed any of it, check us out on the podcast. Google, Amazon, Spotify, where your favorite pod catcher. Fan feedback line open to you at 960-960. My outstanding producers this hour are Cam and Shan. Very happy to be kicking off this hour going down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline for one of my favorite chats of the week. It's with our pal Ailish Forfar, host of the Fan Checkdown on Sportsnet. What's up, Ailish? How are you? Oh, you don't want to call my co-host Justin today or <laughs> keep me in line here? You guys are cheating on me. He was on the show the other day. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm just chopped liver now. We have a we have a, a set time where you we have a routine mm. with each other. I didn't want right, to I didn't want to disrupt that for simply <laughs> William Nylander. I couldn't do yeah, that. Yeah, whatever, eh? Don't just Willie, just Willie, just Willie. Nah, yeah, yeah. Look. I said, how was it? You better not uh, like take my spot. He's like, it was good, it was good. <laughs> he immediately comes on and says, Ailish just told me really good things about the show. And I'm like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's a bad start, Justin, because she's lying to oh, you. But no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's right. Look, he was great. I enjoyed him, but he's no Ailish. And I'm, I'm glad to have yeah. you back on the show in your regular spot. How are you? Well, it's all good. It's been a busy week here, of course. Willie Nylander's world. Um, but, like, I think maybe today will be the last time I talk about it. So get it all out of the system, right? Get it, get it all out? You've had enough Willie Nylander talk for a while? Well, I feel like it was just pretty drawn out. I think we knew it was coming for about a week or two. So we got our takes in, then we recycled our takes, and then we waited and we got our takes in again. And then it happened, and then we got our takes in. Uh, but the number went up. It was so funny. Like we were doing the Leafs game that Saturday night and Elliot Friedman was on um, Hockey Night Canada, of course. And during the first or second intermission, he does his Saturday headlines. And he says that, you know, it's close. Willie's going to sign. And then Willie goes out and gets two goals in the next period. And we're like, <laughs> all right, well, it's it's gone up. And it ended up going up from 11.25 to 11.5, which who knows, you know, when that was solidified. But it's just funny. This guy has played himself into earning eleven and a half million dollars and it's really hard to quibble with if you look at just okay is he worth 11.5 right now probably is he going to be worth 11.5 next year who knows it's william nylander he's the type of guy that has ups and downs and the downs are frustrating and the ups have been incredible this year and the end of last so he's certainly earned it but there's like a, a tentative nature in which we're talking with it because it just puts the Maple Leafs in another dialogue of how are they going to fit next contract and the contract after that and the contract after that. But I mean, I'm pretty happy that a guy wants to stay here for eight years. He loves the city. You know, he's kind of a homegrown talent in a sense coming up from the Marlies. And when you have a guy of that caliber that wants to commit that long with your team, I choose to see that 
through the positive lens, and I've been really excited that we've got them linked in here for quite a while. And there's a lot of things that have a trickle effect, but live in the now, you know? That's what I say. I like that a lot. Uh, I have to ask you, you mentioned sort of the up-and-down nature of William Nylander's game and his time in Toronto. Do you think that expectations are raised now when he's with his new contract coming in? Like, are Leafs fans going to expect this type of season that he's had this year going forward? Like, if he drops back to 80 points in a season, are fans in Toronto going to be upset that he's overpaid? Yeah, I do. I do really think that. And it's a really high standard that you've set for yourself, and it's a really high amount of money that you've collected. But that's whether you were meant to play in this market or not. And everything we learn about William Nylander is that he's cool guy Willie. He's unfazed. He doesn't let this stuff get in his head. And he's just played his lights out in a contract year. So part of me is like, I believe that he's the type of guy that isn't going to crumble under the pressure of $11.5 million when it starts hitting his bank account. I think he's the type of guy that's going to elevate to that. But, you know, history shows that sometimes he goes through some lulls, 10 games where you're like, where's Willie? What's Willie doing? He's not contributing on the offensive end of the ice. And he's not really known for being a defensive end of the ice guy. So it kind of becomes a, a talking point in Toronto. But I just think I've seen a big step in maturity and in like leadership potential with Willie. He's kind of owned being one of the top guys and pushed himself into, are you 1A, 1B? Are you number two? Are you right behind Matthews? Are you ahead of Mitch Marner? And I think there is a little bit of a competitive uh, dance with Marner and Nylander. Of course, Marner's up for an extension next, and you don't think he's looking across the table at Willie's contract. Even last night, four points the day after Willie signs his big contract. Like, I think they're going to jockey for, what percentage are you of the salary cap? Well, I want that too. So, some of that is a selfish nature, and it is the way that the cap world is. You want to get as much as you want. And I think the, like, the overarching like negative look at this is, yeah, the performance, which you brought up, if, if he can't sustain it, like that's going to be tough dialogue here. But, again, a, a Maple Leaf superstar doesn't take a pay cut to stay here, right? And I don't blame William Nylander because – Who's done that for him? Nobody. So why would he be the guy that's like, yeah, instead of 11-5, I'll, I'll take seven. Like, no, that was never going to happen. But you start to look at what has this core done for you? They got you a big playoff round win. But if you keep like having your story written as the four guys that got paid and not the four guys that got paid and brought this city you know, not even a Stanley Cup, a conference championship, making it to the final, winning two rounds. Like, it's going to be hard to look back without a little bit of distaste, but that's down the road. And I do think the steps that Willie's taken in his career as Maple Leaf, which has already been like seven years long, <laughs> is is showing that he's taken it pretty seriously. He holds himself to that standard. And I'm choosing to view it as a as a really good pivot point for him to kind of take over this team and a little bit of leadership role too, and say I'm getting paid this much money. Well, I better show that I'm worth it. It's funny that you talked about sort of the competitive nature between that because it was interesting hearing. I'll go back to our, our colleague Elliot Friedman talking about mm-hmm. you know NHLers typically and the salary cap plays into it, but I think NHLers have typically, and I agreed this, with this point that he made, I think have typically been, I don't know if it's, you know, told or felt like they've always had to, to take a bit of a discount to help make things work because they're, 
in a league that has a salary cap. And he feels like maybe that's starting to go away a little bit more. And now that, you know, the narrative should be less of, okay, Connor McDavid shouldn't take less so that his team can fit other guys in. Other guys should take less so that they can go play with Connor McDavid. And the big point wasn't, and you know, it was weird to agree with Alan Walsh on Twitter, but, you know, he, he brought up the Eric Spolstra contract extension in the NBA. The, a head coach of the Miami Heat makes more than any NHL player. It's not even close on this new yep. extension. And I wonder if we start to see that turn with NHLers because, like, you mentioned Mitch Marner's coming up, Leon Dreisaitl's coming up. Like, Elias Pettersson in his camp must just be enthralled with the William Nylander extension because if, if that guy asks for $15 million, are you saying no if you're the Vancouver Canucks? I, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's really interesting when you talk about money, especially in our office because we have a lot of different, like, radio and TV hosts that – specialize in one sport like I was just having this conversation with the Raptors show and they're obviously like in the Raptors world and they saw that William Nylander signed for 11.5 million dollars and they're like is this guy bad I'm like no he's one of the best (laughs) players in the NHL and then you know they're like that's like a that's like a bench I'm like I know it's it's crazy like the amount of money in this sport is so small compared to the NBA, the NFL, MLB. Like we talked about Shohei a couple of weeks ago, and it makes you sick to think like that is astronomically further than we probably will ever get with the NHL. So part of me is like, it's just the way it is. But I maybe as a former player, I have sympathy for a guy that's like, I've worked my ass off to get to the NHL, and you know the amount of money that William Nylander is making on this contract. He's actually taking home a lot less and we live in Toronto and it's an expensive city and there's taxes, but some guys that are making less on their salary cap in Florida, for example, are taking home more money than mm-hmm. William Nylander. So I get it financially. You want to set yourself up for the rest of your life for the rest of your family's life or your future kids. Like I'm all for that player empowerment is important, but when it comes at the expense of maybe the Maple Leafs can't sign a goaltender or they can't grab, you know, a a third line center because they just don't have any money. Sometimes you have to weigh those things. Like is the extra $500,000 on my 11.5 really making a difference in my world? Or if I take that away and we can fit in X player, but you know, nobody has set that standard. So it's really glamorizing it for me to say that, that's a conscious thing that these guys are thinking about. Like they're 20, whatever years old. Like I would want the bag too. Like you're telling me, like, I don't like, I don't have any doubt that if I was ever in a salary negotiation in any sport that like, obviously women's hockey didn't even have to do that. I would be like, you know what? I think I can prove I'm worth a little bit more. I deserve that. So I get it. I think it's so hard when you have discussions cross sport, like it just makes NHL look bushly compared to how much more money other people are making. But you know, the salary cap is supposed to go up. You're going to believe in that. Obviously, with the pandemic, the Leafs were really hit hard as probably one of the teams that had expected to be able to pay some guys some more money. And you just got to crawl your way out of it. But, yeah, I see it both ways. Good for you for getting your money and you're earning it because you've actually put yourself at that level of play. But, man, like if the Maple Leafs are going to be penny-pinching for the next three or four years, it's going to be so hard to have conversations about how to make this team better when you just have no money to do so. Is there still a worry amongst Leafs fans? Because like, I don't think there's any 
I don't know that we'll get to the same levels of conversation around Mitch Marner that we did about William Nylander potentially leaving Toronto. Like, I feel like Mitch, as much as we just talked about, you know, William Nylander being a homegrown Marley's guy, like Marner's from Markham. Like he's a Toronto guy through and through. Like, I don't think we're ever going to get to that point. So it feels like an extension there is likely, but as Toronto fans and observers of this team, is there a worry that this is just sort of a continuation of what's happened the last couple of years that, yeah, this is a good team, but they're still pretty top heavy and maybe not balanced enough to be uh, a true up Stanley contender, a Stanley cup contender because they have to pay these top end guys so much. It's funny. As soon as Nylander signed his contract, everyone looked at, uh Oh, what happens to Mitch Marner? And he is definitely the guy that wears his emotion on his sleeve more. He cares about the city and he like, he rides the highs and lows of his play in the media as well. And a part of me is like, well, Brad true living has given everything to these two guys. He signed two. he had like, welcome to the Maple Leafs. You got to sign, you know, the, the highest AAV of an NHL and then you got to sign the richest NHL uh, richest contract ever in your team's history. That's what he did with Matthews and, and Nylander, like welcome to Toronto. <laughs> and so now his next, role is like why would he act differently to Marner if Marner wants something I mean three's kind of a trend would he give Marner what he's asking for you know Marner's family drives a hard hard bargain uh, to say the least so a part of me is like well Marner will probably just get what he asked for anyway but I think that this year is really important I mean yeah every year is really important Nailish but this year you've got you know you have Matthews locked in you have Nylander locked in if they have some colossal failure and they don't do better than they did last year, I do think we'll be having conversations about is Marner the right piece to be shopping? Is he the right guy to be moving out of the market? I think he takes a lot of heat from this, from this fan base more than Willie this year. I think Willie's been, you know, he's proven his worth, but I wouldn't be surprised if something happens with the Maple Leafs where we're just dissatisfied again that you look at that upcoming contract with Mitch Marner and you think maybe it's time to bulk up on defense. Maybe it's time to get an A1 starter or some depth. But it's crazy to think that because Mitch Marner is Toronto. Like he is the guy other than John Tavares that you think of about a Toronto kid. So very hard things uh, to consider if you're Bradtree living. But Marner would definitely be worth a lot on the market. Um, I really hope they don't have to go that route because – I still believe that this core can get something done, but the clock is is definitely ticking when you think future cap opportunities and running it back can only appease your fans for so long. Uh, and what about last night? Did you guys have fun bullying the uh, San Jose Sharks? That that poor <laughs> Sharks team hasn't won in 10 games, and here come the big bad uh, Maple Leafs and yeah. William Nylander and Mitch Marner have to bully around this team of nobody in San Jose. That's just... It was disrespectful last night. Yeah, it's kind of sad, honestly. I felt like I feel that team has really no redeeming qualities. And like I'm nope. a positive person and I look for anything. And, you know, it it was a tough watch. Uh, <laughs> one guy got his first NHL goal, though. There you go. Like, That's exciting. It was also I'm their only goal, gonna... but yeah. It was. Yeah, well, you know what? He scored 100% of the goals. So <laughs> I'm really go. happy for there him. There you go. Yeah. But we saw them back-to-back Saturday night, Tuesday night. We had the Ducks on Wednesday. It was like, all right, I'm kind of sick of that. The Leafs have some big games coming up. They got Colorado, they got Detroit, Edmonton, Calgary, and then Vancouver. So like now 
is the real litmus test. Now it's like this team has been rolling. They've been meshing really well. The top guys are performing. Martin Jones is like the unsung hero of the city. But now it's like, what is this really worth when you go up against the big bad teams? Uh, That's what I'm actually excited about to play, to watch the Maple Leafs play some teams with a lot of firepower with already success. And when you look at the standings, every single point matters. And so I'm excited to watch the little bit higher end talent uh, when it comes to the other team across the ice. (laughs) That's fair. I can, yeah, look, we had Ottawa in here last night and uh, they're not exactly uh, defensive stalwarts, uh, I'll say. And uh, I thought, man, Jonas Corpusello really having a bad year. And then I watched the the D play in front of him and I go, yeah, okay, that, uh, that checks out. That, uh, that checks out why uh, it's been a tough year in Ottawa. Uh, a couple more for you. Alice Forfars along with us, our Wednesday regular here on Sportsnet today. Uh, do enough people know how good Grace Zumwinkle is? Like, are we about to find out, like, across the PWHL just how good this 24-year-old is and uh, how upsetting it is that she's American instead of Canadian? Yes, unfortunately, yes. Um, I actually think we're going to find out more and more. And that's the beauty of this is like, you got to wait to the Olympics really to get to know these players. But yeah, Grace Unwinkle, of course, got a hat trick in uh, the in Minnesota's home opener, which was absolutely amazing. 13,000 people were there. I don't think I've ever even seen 13,000 people in my life combined uh, watching women's sports uh, when I was playing. So that's really special. But yeah, she was an op- She did represent uh, the U.S. at the Winter Olympics but lower on the depth chart. Yeah. But this is why this league is, is so perfect. She's, I think, 24 years old. She's just coming out of university at that prime, and she's get to, she gets to step right into a league, basically, and start cooking. Same with Taylor Heisey, who, who is the, the first overall pick. The two of them, um, I think you're going to start to realize that the United States has really young, really fast, really talented Um, players that are at their prime and that's scary and sometimes I would say my critique on like how the women's uh, Canadian team chooses their rosters they're really loyal to some veteran players and I mean they've won a lot of gold medals but I think the tide is turning a bit where you have to take swings on kids that are 23 22 and that's what the U.S. has done really well over the last I guess, Olympic cycle. And so some of these names are going to be a bit more uh, in your vocabulary with a Hillary Knight, with a Kendall Coyne Showfield when you look at the United States. So yeah, Grace Zinwinkle, that was pretty cool. Um, I mean, my Montreal girls are struggling, so hoping they get a, a big win column here because those are my my uh, closest friends. Uh, yep. I texted them, I'm like, let's go guys. Uh, it's also <laughs> weird that like some of the betting sites, you can actually bet on like goal scorers. So I texted yep. my, my friend Laura uh, and I'm like, buddy, I put money on you last game. I'm like, this is weird. Am I allowed to tell you this? I'm like, is yeah, this like tampering? That feels like I'm insider like, I trading. I don't know that you should be yeah. saying that live on the I air. Or like, not. I was like, maybe I shouldn't, but you're my friend. And she's like, yeah, sorry, I can't score. I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not wasting money on you anymore. I'm going to send you a bill. So that's kind of a fun thing that like the books are at least like realizing that you can bet on women's sports. But anyway, it's hard to know uh, uh, who's going to win each night. Cause I think they're just working through some, some growing pains as well, but there's two games tonight and uh, that'll be awesome to watch. Uh, last but not least, uh, Brian Burke chimed in on this on Sportsnet, and it was funny to hear uh, on the Jeff Merrick show earlier today, uh, Haley Salvin was on with them, and they were talking about uh, whether or not they think we'll see a scrap in the PWHL, and he, Jeff asked Haley who he thought, who she thought would be the, the first one most willing to, to drop the gloves. Do you think, like Brian Burke said, like 
he wouldn't be surprised if it happened. It's not encouraged, but you know, he's like, he wouldn't be surprised if it happened. Would you be surprised or would it stun you to see a couple of these ladies drop the gloves? Like, you know, anybody from your time in pro oh, yeah. you were like, I, like yeah, the yeah, rules right. allowed it. They would have gone at it. I bet you, and I didn't get a chance to listen to Merrick's show yet, but knowing Haley, I bet she said Abby Rock. She did. Uh, who is like, okay, yeah, yep. Abby Rock is, is my <laughs> hands down, like minus 1,000 to get a fight uh, because she is like this firepower of energy and emotion and like in a good way. Like I would not want to play against her. And she likes to like muck it up in front of the net. And I've, I've watched enough of these games so far to know that the ladies are getting away with a lot more than they ever have and uh, the emotions are high, and I could see her fighting a Canadian player, of course. And it will be weird, though, because, you know, you're not playing just Canada versus U.S. No. So you do get in a, in a scrum, you look across, and it's like your teammate on Team Canada. Are you going to punch him in the face? Like, maybe. <laughs> but also, like, you also trained with them, and then you go put on your Canadian jersey. So it will be interesting to see, like, if there's some uh, inter-country brawls but yeah. i would say abby rock and i played with a lot of girls i was more of like a grinder so like i was in that um you know great uh third and fourth liners where you were kind of like supposed to go out there and like bug the other team yeah uh but jill sonye uh she would be a pick for me on the canadian side rash right for sure she's a big physical girl uh, i think we could see it i don't think it would look like you know uh, ryan reeves dropping the gloves but i could see girls like punching each other they probably keep their gloves on because we don't really know what we're doing yet <laughs> <laughs> no one's taught us how to like, you know, jersey anyone. But I think there'll be some punches actually like like thrown to the face. Not a traditional type fight where, you know, buckets are coming off. But I, I definitely think I've had this to talk to. Like, I think it's going to happen. There's going to be some intensity. And, uh, let, you know, let the, let the girls do it. I'm not encouraging it, but I would, you know, I think yeah. that. Emotion, <laughs> emotions get high. Things happen. We're not gonna, yeah. we're not gonna get in the way of anything happening. So there you uh, go. <laughs> whatever happens, happens. Uh, Alish, I don't yeah. care uh, what Justin says about you. You're a plus in my books. Uh, I love it. You're the <laughs> the uh, preferred half of the fan uh, checkdown hosts that come down on this program. But uh, I always appreciate not our time. Don't worry. Perfect. I know it wouldn't be. Uh, you're the best. <laughs> always appreciate our time chatting together, pal. I hope you have a great week. We'll chat with you next week. Hey. Yeah, talk to you next week. Thanks so much. See you, Ailish. Ailish Farfar joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. She joins us every Wednesday. You can catch her on Sportsnet as the co-host of the Fan Checkdown. Um, just bugging. We love Justin Cuthbert. He joined us earlier in the week uh, to chat about that William Nylander news when it came down as well. So appreciate both of them. But Ailish is our regular, so uh, she's our favorite, and we'll continue to have her on every Wednesday. We'll take a break. Come back on the other side. Uh, we've got lots to get to. The WHL trade deadline. Uh, has come and gone. The Calgary Hitmen moving out another key piece of their roster today in a trade with the Swift Current Broncos. And uh, Shan really wants to talk about the Raptors head coach uh, going off on the officials last night. So I think we'll find some time for that. Uh, it's Sportsnet today. It rolls on next here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, final segment of the hour. Logan Gordon along with you. This chilly Wednesday in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. You can find me on Twitter at Fan960Logan. Just finished up a chat with our pal Alice Forfar, host of the Fan Pregame Show on Sportsnet. Still to come this hour, WHL trade deadline. A busy one for the Calgary Hitmen. A couple deals to tell you about there. Told you earlier on the show, Matt Coronado 
and Dustin Wolf have been named Pacific Division All-Stars for the American Hockey League. So they're going to the AHL All-Star Weekend. So congratulations to Matt and Dustin. It was an optional skate today for the Calgary Flames at the Scotiabank Saddledome. They're getting set for a two-game road trip Thursday in Arizona, Saturday in Las Vegas. It's their annual dad's trip. Fathers, mentors joining the guys on the trip. Should be a fun one for the guys to get to get out of this cold weather and head south to some warmer climates, but two big games coming up for the Calgary Flames. A couple of guys at the Dome doing media today, including head coach Ryan Huska and Mackenzie Weger. So let's check in with the Flames on an optional practice day from the Scotiabank Saddle Dome, starting with the head coach, Ryan Huska. How special is it with the additional guests coming up on this road trip, Ryan? Yeah, I love it. I, th- I think it's one of the trips for sure that the players look forward to. Um, and we haven't had one of these since COVID, so this is going to be a, a good time for the players and their dads. So I know when we've done these in the past, the team does a really good job of organizing some different events for the guys. Um, most important thing is the games, of course. And I always feel like when the dads are on the trip, there's a little bit more energy around because you never want to let your dad down. I thought you've had uh, maybe a time to review from last night. What what did you uh, see in Jan's NHL debut? Did you pick anything up and, and were you watching? Um, I, I thought he did a good job. As we mentioned last night, um, there's little details to the game that when you play your first NHL game, the pace is a lot quicker than what you're used to for sure. But I thought he handled it well. Um, and it's a step in the right direction for him. So he has to make sure that he continues to focus on improving every day. And when you want to be a good young defenseman, a lot of times it's about making sure you're making a good first pass. That's the first step to it, and that's something that he'll be asked to focus on. You, you were asked last night about just like the sort of unlucky bounce, obviously, that goes in off his mm-hmm. knee in the first goal, but how did, like, I, I can imagine for a guy who's been waiting for this opportunity, that's like a, oh, yeah. geez, how did you see him kind of rebound from that? Uh, I didn't notice anything really after it. I mean, he's, he's very, matter of fact, straight ahead young man, um, and I'm sure it, it bothered him a little bit, wondering how the next few shifts were going to shake out, but on the bench, I didn't know it, notice anything, and I thought his next shift was just fine. So, um, and like I said, I thought he did a good job for us last night. That in itself is a pretty good sign, isn't it? That, for sure. Yeah. You know, you want to have a little bit of composure and the ability to almost lick the water off a duck's back if something happens or it goes wrong on the ice. A lot of times, um, you might not be able to control a situation like that, so you move on from it, and, and he did a good job of that. Any, uh, any update on how Dennis is progressing? Yeah, he's coming along well. So he's every day he's getting better and better, and um, he's on the trip with his dad, um, not really anticipating that we'll see him in a, a game, but he is getting better. There you go, chicken with the head coach, Ryan Husk, on a practice day for the Calgary Flames. They're getting set to head on the road for a two-game road trip in Arizona and Las Vegas. Also checking in with the media, uh, head of the dad's trip, Mackenzie Weger. His thoughts following a big 6-3 win for the Calgary Flames Tuesday against Ottawa. Really good win for you last night. Uh, Mackenzie, just what, what went into that and specifically the comeback? Yeah, you know, it's it's obviously tough coming back here after road trips. I think we've talked about it quite a bit. Obviously a tough loss in Chicago, but I thought we, we did a good job bouncing back. I thought it was a bit of a slow start, and as the game went on, we got better and better. And, um, you know, that comeback kind of um, was sort of, I think that was like no, November, December ask of us. So um, we, we felt, you know, comfortable where we were at in the third period. We, and a lot of positive things and I think that second effort pushed for the dads and 
um, you know, happy to have him here. But that was a big win for us. How unique are these types of moments where you have the dads in the stands and for the next couple of games? Yeah, you know, it's it's the first time for me. I've never done it. Um, I think my dad's, you know, been looking forward to this, you know, for my whole career, and it's definitely unique. Um, you know, it's a boss. You know, this trip's for them. It's not necessarily for us. So, um, you know, for them to, you know, come in the rink and see how, you know, we, we prepare ourselves and, you know, how the coaches prepare us before games and just to get a look in the locker room and stuff like that, it's a pretty cool experience. So um, it's a pretty, pretty special trip. Vegas is the bad spot to be bringing the dads out of there. Yeah, both, both places, Phoenix and Las Vegas. So, uh, you know, um, we've g- I gave my dad a good pep talk and, you know, told him to be on his best behavior. But, um, you know, also to have fun and enjoy it. And uh, I'm sure he'll, he'll do both. Um, I mean, the schedule is the schedule. I don't even know what to ask. Mm-hmm. Is this a weird week? Like, he has around the road. He mm-hmm. has to come back. I can't even imagine a grocery shopping. Yeah. Back out again. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It almost just feels like we're picking up our dads and going back out again. Uh, but it was, you know, it's kind of just staying in the moment, taking one game at a time. Um, you know, that's obviously a big game. I know the dads are here and stuff, but we actually have to focus on, you know, these two big games against two tough teams. You know, Arizona's playing a lot, really good hockey right now, and so is Vegas. So um, we got to prepare ourselves for a big couple games for sure. What's a successful trip? Three points, four points? Four points, of course. Yeah, absolutely. So what's, what's the next step, McKenzie, in this team's progression? I think just the consistency. Um, you know, we've showed our, that we can, you know, beat the best teams in the league. But, you know, I've talked about this before. We get we get there and then we take a step back or two steps back. Um, you know, we got to continue, you know, when we get that opportunity at 500 or even more, we got to keep it rolling. We can't, you know, take a couple of strides back. It's just all about consistency um, and keeping this thing rolling and, you know, positive you know, keep keep being positive and sticking with it. It's kind of been our motto this year, but it's just consistency for us. When you see uh, 41 games, and you're like, geez, you're already halfway through this mm-hmm. season. Did that, did that come up quicker than normal? Did it feel like it uh, came up pretty quick this year? Yeah, I think it, it, it certainly did. I think especially with the way it started, it was obviously tough. And then, you know, we got ourselves back in a good position. And, um, you know, that's kind of how the season goes, everything kind of flies by you look back and you're already Christmas and and now it's going to be all-star break but um you got to stay in the moment you know you got to you got to just take it day by day but um it certainly has felt like it's gone by quick you talked about kind of the next steps but mm-hmm. if you were to look back at the first 41 what where have you seen the most progression from this group uh you know I think obviously the overtime wins and and those third period third period comebacks you know we didn't really get that last year uh, much but you know we we got those this year but um, you know, our starts are starting to get a bit better. You know, we, we weren't really starting well. Um, the progression with that has gotten better. But, um, yeah, for us, it's just consistency and just and sticking with it. You know, I, it hasn't been easy for us sometimes this year, but we've, come, we've, we've showed compete and effort all year, all year long. We just got to take that next step, and I think we can do that. What does it say about a guy like Jan Kuznetsov? Like, he goes out there with a second shift of his NHL career, bad bounce off of him. I mean, that, yeah. I, my heart sank for him, to yeah. be honest. And then he goes out and just plays really consistent all game. Yeah, you know, uh, obviously really happy for him. He obviously... You know, worked really hard to get to where he's at and make the most of his opportunity. But this game, it's a funny game. The puck can do a lot of funny things, and it can challenge you mentally right off the hop. Uh, so you, I, th- I guess for him, you know, we just came back to the bench and just forget about it. You know, it's a bad balance. Just watch that one away. I know it can be hard for young guys or guys, you know, playing in their first game, but I thought he did a good job at bouncing back and playing a pretty solid, consistent game. So, um, you know, I'm happy for him. There you go. Flames defenseman Mackenzie Wieger checking in on an optional practice day for the Calgary Flames at the Scotiabank Saddledome on Wednesday. I have some Calgary hockey news to pass your way from the Scotiabank Saddledome this time with the Calgary Hitman 
WHL trade deadline coming up this afternoon. Uh, Hitmen have made some major changes over the last couple of weeks, including uh, trading Sean Chagall to the Vancouver, excuse me, to the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Uh, they've made a couple other trades today ahead of the trade deadline. Uh, another 20-year-old on the move this time, Tyson Galloway, the captain uh, on that defense, has been traded to the Swift Current Broncos in exchange for two picks in the 2026 WHL Prospects Draft, a second and a third round pick in 2026. Coming back to the Hitmen in exchange for their captain, Tyson Galloway. He's been part of the organization for the past five seasons, his first year as captain. Uh, really a, a key leader on and off the ice for the Calgary Hitman, a great player for them, but uh, clearly the youth movement in full effect for the uh, the Hitman, and they're trying to get younger, accumulate some draft picks as they've done the last couple weeks, and some tough decisions having to be made, and two guys that have been with the, the team for a long time in Chagall and, and Galloway now finding new homes. So best of luck to Tyson Galloway in Swift Current. He joins a Broncos team that has really loaded up. They got Connor Geeky from the Wenatchee Wild a couple of days ago as well, uh, coming off his stint with Team Canada at the World Junior Hockey Championships, so the WHL uh, moving and shaking on this trade deadline. Uh, the Hitman did bring in a, a forward today, however. They acquired 2006-born forward Justin Ivanasek from the Vancouver Giants in exchange for a fifth-round pick in the 2026 WHL Prospects Draft. Uh, Justin, a... Uh, First year in the WHL with the Giants this season after uh, a couple uh, seasons at U18 prep school in 29 games with Vancouver this season. Two goals, three assists, and five points. He's a native of Burnaby, BC. Played some time at those uh, prep camps with uh, Chase Valiant and Carson Wench, former Calgary Hitman players. and um, So he's got some familiarity with the group. and uh, Him and needing some bodies coming back, no doubt. They've shipped out a lot over the last uh, couple of days and, and weeks this season. So uh, they make a move to bring in a forward from Vancouver and uh, on the same day move out their captain, Tyson Galloway, to continue the youth movement uh, for Gary Davidson and the Calgary Hitmen. So that's the latest from the Scotiabank Saddledome and the Calgary Hitmen. Uh, I just want to play you this as we wrap things up on this uh, Wednesday edition of the show. Uh, don't chat a ton of basketball here on the program. Uh, usually dive in on some big stories, trade deadline, playoff, that sort of thing. But uh, last night, the Toronto Raptors fell to the Los Angeles Lakers, and uh, there was quite the disparity in free throws in the fourth quarter. And uh, let's just say Raptors head coach not happy about it. Uh, Darko uh, not exactly pleased with uh, the officiating and, Look, anytime you say anything about officials post game, you know uh, the league is going to come down on you. We haven't heard uh, what exactly the fine is going to be for the Raptors head coach following this outburst last night, but uh, I would say he got his money's worth. Here is uh, the Raptors coach post game following a one point loss to LeBron James and the Lakers. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. That's 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 outrageous. What happened tonight, this is completely BS. This is shame. Shame for the referees, shame for the league to allow this. 23 free throws for them, and we get two free throws in, in the fourth quarter. Like, how to play the game. I, all, I understand uh, respect for all-stars and all of that, but we have star players on our team as well. How's possible is Scotty Barnes, 
who is all-star caliber player in this league. He goes every single time to the rim with force and trying to get get uh, to to the rim without flopping and and not trying to get foul calls. He gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How is that possible? How are you gonna explain that, that, that to me? They had to win tonight. If that's if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. And this is not happening first time for us. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. He's going to be the face of this league. And what, what's happening over here during whole season, I've been holding you back. It's a complete crap. Coach, do you feel like you're getting any explanations at all? That offensive foul? Did you did you see like get any explanation? No, no, there is no explanation. They just they just come up there, they review what and they see what they want to see. They don't want to hear us what we got to say. They don't want to hear the players. They they they, they don't just want to protect us. Over again, the they got 36 free throws, 23 free throws in in the fourth quarter. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? How are we gonna supposed to play? Is this a, a one-off, or do you feel this has been happening to your team a lot throughout the season? It's happening a lot. But I'm telling our guys, be professional. Keep fighting. Keep going for the next one. But until when? For how long? Look, if you're going to get fined for criticizing officials, Shan, you might as well get your money's worth. And Darko got his money's worth. And, hey, the numbers were pretty one-sided last night. The Raptors had 26 personal fouls called against them, just 16 for the Lakers. Lakers also attended 23 more free throws than Toronto, including a 23-2 advantage during the fourth quarter. That's the largest discrepancy in any quarter in the NBA this season, according to Sportsnet stats. That, that I watched the, I saw the fourth quarter of that game. It was ridiculous. It, it truly was ridiculous. And this is this is referee Ben Taylor that we've seen with the Raptors before. Fred Van Vliet has said some terrible, terrible uh, things about him in a post-game preference or, or press conference where he even said, I'll take my fine, and then said uh, expletives. But th- this Lakers team, I understand the star treatment. I understand that. But that was ridiculous last night. In the last four, four minutes of the game, the free throws were 19 nothing for the Lakers. And the last time that happened was 2010, and it was LeBron James. We've seen this from the NBA for years. What what we saw, and you know, it, it's the one Canadian team in the NBA. Stuff like this will happen, but that, in my many years of watching the Raptors, that was far and away the most ridiculous display of refereeing that I've ever seen. I don't watch a ton of basketball. I, I keep up with the league, and but it was so funny after I got home uh, from doing the Flames game with Pat and, and Derek and Megan last night, and. Uh, I was checking my phone, and I had like three or four people who had sent me that post-game clip from uh, from Darko, the Raptors head coach. And I was like, okay, something must have oh, happened yeah. last night. And look, I mean, 23-2 to two in the fourth quarter. I, I mean, just in general, and I mean, you know this more than I do watch about. I don't even know how you only commit one foul worthy of a, a free throw in an entire quarter. It's, it just doesn't happen with modern-day basketball rules. How do you even go a full quarter not giving up at least a couple free throw attempts, like, like a handful, I would say, of, of free throws to an opposing team? Well, the Raptors have guys like Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam who drive to the net, and they draw fouls. That's what their game is. There were so many missed calls, especially at the end of the game. Well, one was called an offensive foul on, on R.J. Barrett, on Scotty Barnes, game-tying three with less than a minute left to play. And there was another one. Scotty Barnes drove to the lane, finished with a dunk, 
clearly got hacked three times on his way there, no call, and that would have given them a chance to stay in the game. That, it, it, truthfully, it, there's no good explanation for what happened yesterday other than it was terrible, terrible officiating. Last thing I want to say, I was a little skeptical on, on Darko Ryakovich so far. I'm completely bought in now. That is a guy that... I do appreciate oh, a coach yeah. that's willing to stick up for his guys and... That you was know, the right place right there. And do that. I, I I can certainly appreciate a coach doing that as well. And mm-hmm. uh, the Raptors are back in action uh, tomorrow night. They take on uh, Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers, who just came to terms on a fancy new uh, contract extension for uh, the former Raptors star. Uh, before we let you go, I did want to let you know, too, in the NFL, some coaching news that continues this week. Big stunner in Seattle. Pete Carroll is out as coach of the Seahawks. Uh, is going to remain with the team as an advisor, but after, uh, I mean, just a, an outstanding career in Seattle since 2010, amassing a 137-89-1 and record to go along with a Super Bowl victory. Um, many people were surprised. He talked uh, just a few days ago about wanting to remain as the coach of the Seahawks, but they will go in a different direction in a stunning move. Uh, Bears will retain head coach Matt Eberflus as they are set to have the number one draft pick in the NFL draft, but they have moved on from offensive coordinator Luke Getze and several other offensive coordinators and coaches on this Wednesday. Uh, So that's something to watch for as well. And uh, most recently, the New York Giants and defensive coordinator Don Martindale have agreed to mutually part ways after a disastrous season for the Giants. they got problems on offense and defense, but uh, as of right now, Wink Martindale out in New York. That'll put a wrap on our Wednesday edition of Sportsnet Today. Uh, appreciate everyone who texted in, listened to the show today, whether live or on the podcast. A reminder, you can catch our shows if you miss them live on the podcast, wherever you get your favorite pods, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. It was a busy day. We chatted flame storylines, positives and negatives at the halfway mark of their season with 41 games in the books with the return of Wild Card Wednesday with Shannon Cam. That was a lot of fun. Also a chat with our Wednesday regular, uh, Ailish Forfar, who joined us. Uh, she's, of course, the host of the fan pregame show on Sportsnet. So if you missed any of it, please, please check it out. would love to have you uh, along for the ride with us here on Sportsnet today. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow to get you set for the Flames and the Arizona Coyotes, the beginning of of a two-game road trip for the Calgary Flames. It's the dad's trip. It's always an exciting time for the team, so we'll check in with them ahead of game 42 of their season, and uh, we'll have a special co-host along with us tomorrow. So make sure you're tuned in on a Thursday edition of the program. Uh, Thanks to Cam and Shan for their great work today. Appreciate everything they've done. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Stay warm out there. Drive safe. Uh, Weather's about to get uh, even nastier over the next 48 hours, so... Uh, Make sure you're taking care of yourself and you're ready for the winter weather. But uh, other than that, uh, enjoy the rest of your day. We'll chat with you again tomorrow when Sportsnet Today returns on Sportsnet 960. The Fan.